0: Disloyal is a podcast committed to a broad representation of thought, ideas, and creative imaginings. The opinions expressed by guests on this podcast do not necessarily represent the opinions of the staff, management, board, or volunteers of the Jewish Museum of Maryland.
1: really important for us to remember to have the courage of our convictions even when they're not popular. And I also think that it's terribly important for us, it's such a cliche to think outside the box, but to to welcome ideas that at first may seem threatening or frightening, we should open our minds to consider other points of view. And I think in today's world, which is really the the idea of the moment is uh, pluralism, diversity, diversity, embracing others who are not exactly like us, I think that this is a a great paragon of open-mindedness. And also we should be reminded of the destructive qualities to our own community when we don't embrace people who think differently than us.
0: Welcome to Disloyal, a podcast from the Jewish Museum of Maryland. I'm your host, Mark Gunnery. Today on the show, we're continuing our series on A Fence Around the Torah, the Jewish Museum of Maryland's latest contemporary art exhibit. It explores how Jewish communities navigate the concepts of safety and unsafety in traditional, contemporary, and futuristic ways. I'm speaking with the artists and curators who made the exhibit possible. You can experience the art from this exhibit at com. And today, I'm joined by Judith Joseph, Judith Joseph is a Chicago-based visual artist who works across multiple media, including printmaking, painting, calligraphy, and installation. She's exhibited her work around the world, and her work is in hundreds of public and private collections. She's participated in fellowships from Spertus Institute and the Amen Institute Visual Arts Project, and is a two-time Illinois Arts Council Fellowship awardee. Judith Joseph's contributions to A Fence Around the Torah are a series of hand pulled woodblock prints about the 17th century Jewish Dutch philosopher Baruch Spinoza. Judith Joseph, thank you so much for joining us.
1: It's my pleasure. It's great to be here with you.
0: We're also joined by Leora Ostroff. Leora Ostroff is a curator in residence here at the Jewish Museum of Maryland, where she curated A Fence Around the Torah. She's a painter whose work explores themes like queerness, Jewishness, violence, and the idiosyncrasies of life in Baltimore. Leora, thank you so much for joining us, too.
2: Thank you for
1: having me.
0: So, Judith, uh, first, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your art?
1: Yes, I would say that my work is idea-driven, but it also is taken up with mark-making. I am a calligrapher, and I've been doing calligraphy for many years, so... Calligraphy has a discipline aspect, but it also has an aspect of freedom. So there is a thoughtfulness and carefulness to all of my work in terms of really developing the idea to the furthest point that I can take it. But then the freedom and the expressiveness comes with the mark making, whether I'm carving with into a woodcut or I'm using a brush and making a mark.
0: The series of woodblock prints that you're showing in this exhibit focus on the 17th century philosopher Baruch Spinoza. Can you give us a brief overview on who Baruch Spinoza was and why you chose him as a subject for your prints?
1: Yes, Spinoza was, he came from a family of Jews from Portugal who came to Amsterdam fleeing the Inquisition. So he was born in Amsterdam in 1632, and Very quickly, his teachers at his Jewish school discovered that he was a prodigy. So he was raised in, of course, a traditional Jewish environment, because that's all that there was at the time. But he started asking questions as a very young child, which his teachers couldn't answer. And they tried to sort of keep him within the canon of Jewish beliefs as they were described at the time. But he had a very he, he was a genius, and he really couldn't be limited by that. So eventually, as an adult, he was writing about his ideas, and he was excommunicated because he refused to disavow things that were challenging to the status quo. So he lived his life as a religious Jew, completely separated from his community. He was not allowed to marry. He was, the Jewish people were not allowed to even sell goods to him. But the secular world discovered him because he was, he was so significant in his ideas.
0: So like I said, Leora, you, you're the curator of this exhibit, A Fence Around the Torah. You divided the exhibit up into five sections, including the one that this art is featured in, Descent. Can you tell us about the Descent section and what questions you were trying to spark with it?
2: I think dissent is about changing the narrative of how we think about Jewish life. The three artists in this section each deal with this topic in a different way. So I wanted to put Judith's work on Spinoza in conversation with pieces that deal with contemporary Jewish intercommunal conversations. Danielle Derschlag's video Dangerous Opinions frames and critiques American Jewish political discourse and the extent to which discourse is censored. It doesn't matter what her character, Diane Siegel, actually, says about Israel, in this world, criticality of any kind is contemptible. The other artist in the section, Daniel Turetsky, created a site-specific installation which asks us to consider who feels safe participating, questioning, and creating community, and how do we navigate a culture that is built on both tradition and dissonance. I think that we can draw comparisons between Spinoza's theological and philosophical dissent, which has now become so important, with current political
0: dissent. So Leora, one more question for you about this. You've said that the subtitle for this whole exhibit for All of Offense Around the Torah could have been dissent. What did you mean by that?
2: So much of the artwork in this exhibit is made in response to mainstream narratives about safety, community, and what Jewish life should be. Um, Even though the artwork in the exhibit is grouped into several different categories, all of the categories overlap each other very elegantly. For instance, the artists in dissent speak directly to the artists in the subsection called security, who invite us to recognize and name the connection between explicit white supremacist violence, white supremacy embedded in security systems, and historical anti-Semitic violence. Rage Collective and Marissa Baggett challenge us to reconsider the way that we frame the discourse around safety, security, and belonging, and that discourse. Is where we find dissent.
0: So, Judith Joseph, how do you see your Prince of Baruch Spinoza fitting into this theme of dissent and into the larger framework of offense around the Torah?
1: I feel that Spinoza is the poster boy for Jewish dissent. He was so independent that even after he gained fame in the secular world and he was actually offered a post at the University of Heidelberg, he declined it because he He wanted to remain independent. He didn't want to have to report to anybody with his ideas. And he really lived in poverty, so this would have made a huge difference for him. His ideas came, and he didn't resist them, and he felt that they were paramount, and he would not allow any societal pressure to really inhibit his free-flowing ideas.
0: Are there any lessons for today that you think that we could learn from the story of Baruch Spinoza and uh, the Jewish community's response to him in 17th century Amsterdam?
1: I think it's really important for us to remember to have the courage of our convictions, even when they're not popular. And I also think that it's terribly important for us. It's such a cliche to think outside the box, but to, to welcome ideas that at first may seem threatening or frightening, we should open our minds to consider other points of view. And I think in today's world, which is really the the idea of the moment, is uh, pluralism, diversity, embracing others who are not exactly like us, I think that this is a a great paragon of open-mindedness. And also, we should be reminded of the destructive qualities to our own community when we don't embrace people who think differently than us.
0: In your artist statement, you wrote that your piece, Spinoza and Van Leeuwenhoek, is about crossing a line which divided Jews from non-Jews intellectually and culturally. Can you tell us what you meant by that and how that shows up in Jewish and non-Jewish life today?
1: In Spinoza's day, it was much more significant when Jews and non-Jews interacted it was much more radical. Of course, we live in a secular world and we do that all the time. But I think that for myself as an artist, I am close with other artists who are Jewish and I gain a lot from their cultural insights and their intellectual and creative insights. So we don't want to kind of enclose ourselves or close off Influences, but I do understand the idea of, of the rabbis of creating a fence around the Torah. Because if you if you lose all self definition, then you have no identity. So I think of the fence around the Torah as a basket instead of a concrete wall. It's got openings and things can come in, and maybe a, a new strand can get woven into it. And by the same token, we our our ideas can flow out into the world, and they do. Mm-hmm.
0: I wonder, Eliora. do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, the, this idea of a fence around the Torah that, that this whole um, exhibit is about. I mean, do you have any kind of thoughts about what Judith is saying and what you were trying to convey by this idea of a, of, of a fence around the Torah?
2: Judith, I really liked what you said about holding on to the courage of our convictions um, and welcoming ideas that might seem threatening or frightening. I think that this exhibit um, demonstrates that there's like a wide swath of different Jewish identities that might not see in our own communities, but that exist and deserve to be part of the greater Jewish community.
0: Um, so before we wrap up, Judith, I want to ask uh, about some of the other art that you do. Can you tell us about how you got interested in traditional Jewish art forms like calligraphy and kitu um or wedding contracts?
1: Sure. I would say that my upbringing sort of existed between the poles of art and Judaism. Those were the things that my parents were interested in. My father is really an armchair historian so i I was really immersed in all of that. My mother studied art history, so she she took these art history classes and would come home with her textbooks and show me everything that she learned about. So I saw illuminated manuscripts about the i would say the age of twelve, and I fell in love with them. I was an uber nerd <laughs> as a kid you know I knew about flying buttresses of cathedrals and things so i I really am a detailed person I've always loved. You know, intense detail in my artwork. So border design really made sense. And I learned calligraphy in high school. I really wasn't interested in it, but it was part of a general course I had to take to take art classes. And I found that it was useful because if I wrote a text and illuminated it, somebody would pay me for it. So I started making ketubo when I was 17 years old and I really grew into it and I grew up with it. And I came to embrace the discipline of calligraphy and to love it It's not naturally easy for me. I have to work very hard at it, um, which has been good for character building. Um, So I had this sort of Judaic foundation, but of course, I live in the world and um, I enjoy, well, all kinds of work from other cultures.
0: How do you personally approach Jewish folk arts that have such deep traditional roots in a contemporary way?
1: I am in love with story all kinds of stories and I love mythology and I don't feel personally bound by the strictures of ritual. I think that's a um it's like a rubber band for me. It's something that I can enjoy, but I'm not bound by orthodoxy really in my own life. So I am open in the way I practice things, and I'm also open in the way that I explore stories. And of course, all the stories in Judaism have parallels in other cultures, and I like finding those uh, connections. Um, I learned a word recently, syncretism, which is sort of finding the common denominator among different uh, cultural backgrounds. And I, I definitely throw that all into my artwork too. It's not only Jewish.
0: So like you mentioned, you've been fascinated by illuminated manuscripts from a young age. Can you tell us about illuminated manuscripts in Jewish tradition and history and contemporary arts? I mean, I know that you already mentioned Ketu Boat, but uh, I know that there's illuminated manuscripts throughout Jewish tradition. So, so could you tell us a little bit more about their role in Jewish tradition?
1: There's this uh, prejudice and idea that Jews didn't make art, which is we know is not true. And actually, Jews even did figurative art much more than uh, was understood. Jews revere books, so as do I. I mean, that's really a big part of who I am and how I was raised. Decorating a manuscript is such a natural form of expression for Jewish people. So doing marginal ornamentation around a text, what that does is it connects the illustration or the images with the ideas in the text. So I do illustration but I also do art which is not illustration because illustration is about really expressing a text whereas art pure art really is is kind of goes beyond that but it's still you can you can be an artist a fine artist and still have textual inspiration and I would say you know that's how I am now you asked about contemporary work the illuminated katuba was reborn in the 1970s there was an article published in the in the first Jewish catalog, a how-to article about calligraphy. And people started making a, a handwritten ketubot again and decorating them. So it's been a renaissance. And I was a teenager then, and I was part of that renaissance. So today, we don't just do little floral things. I mean, there's a, a huge range of expression in ketubot and in other scribal works. And and I think, too, we look to the Arab tradition where the letters themselves are the form of expression. And uh, there was just a wonderful exhibit in Jerusalem, which had Emirati Muslim calligraphers exhibiting with Hebrew calligraphers, which was really groundbreaking.
0: So I'm wondering for, for you both, is there anything else that you would want to ask each other?
2: Judith, are there any artists that really inspire you?
1: I'm very inspired by Anselm Kiefer. Uh, He has, first of all, his work is spectacular. Um, He has such a strong sense of narrative and history and ideas, but also the work is visually so compelling. So he is definitely one of my bright lights, Um, maybe primary right now. So many, I'm inspired by Picasso, not so much in in the the style of his work, but his life, even though I know he was not the nicest guy. He, he had an unbelievable work ethic. And a lot of, truly, a lot of what he made wasn't so wonderful. But he made a lot. So when you make a lot of work, you know that some of it is bound to be good. Maybe not as good as Picasso. But I, also, he was unafraid to try all different media. So that has been an inspiration to me because I work across so many different ways. I'm getting into sculpture lately. I don't even know who I am. I never <laughs> could do anything but 2D art until like the last five years. And now everything I do has to reach out into space. And it's fabulous. I'm really enjoying it. Trying to think if I have a question for you. I have so many questions for you, Leora. So you are obviously a very accomplished painter. I'm interested in how you came to curate this exhibit. And if you're interested in sort of uh, combining... Curation with your art as you move forward and your art practice?
2: A huge part of this exhibit and this project is just taking this particular museum in a different direction and trying to connect different audiences to the museum. And so, my role in doing that is in curating an exhibit. And also, prior to the exhibit, we created a bunch of community conversations around the topics. And so I think I brought my sensibilities as an artist to this project, but I'm in no way trained as a curator. My my other focus in school was on art history and criticism, which I love. I think that my first art history paper that I wrote in college was about Anselm Kiefer, um, so I share your <laughs> I share your passion uh, for his work. But I think I was I was mostly taking this from the lens of both an artist and a Jewish educator because the other work that I do is in Jewish education. And so trying to think about topics that are interesting to the people and the kids that I work with and um, ways of making topics more, Accessible or easy to view in a different way. I think that like this is an important conversation for Jewish communities to be having, and art opens us up to having the conversation in a completely different frame.
1: I really appreciate the curatorial comments on the website, and I think I express this to you, Mark. Um, you don't always see that they're very um, they're very insightful and well written, and I considered it such a perk for myself as an artist to have that paragraph about my work. And I really appreciated that. And I also appreciated reading what you wrote about the other artists. And when you talk about community building, I have been reaching out to the artists in this exhibit and trying to kind of make contact. And because I really appreciate what they're doing. And I think it's very fresh. I am what, you know, older than most of the artists. So I I was really delighted to be in a, in a cohort of uh, people who are coming up um, and doing uh, really interesting work. So I, I that was a real gift to me. And I, I just felt that that opened my world up in a wonderful way. So thank you for that. Awesome.
0: Well, I want to thank you both for uh, doing this interview today. I've been talking to Judith Joseph. Judith Joseph is a Chicago-based visual artist whose work is being shown in A Fence Around the Torah at the Jewish Museum of Maryland. And Judith Joseph, thanks for joining us.
1: It's my pleasure. Thank you.
0: And I've also been talking to Leora Ostroff. Leora is the curator-in-residence here at the Jewish Museum of Maryland, where she curated A Fence Around the Torah. She's also a painter. Leora, thanks so much. Thank you, Mark. Thank you so much for listening to Disloyal. We hope you enjoyed the podcast, and we'd love to hear your feedback. Our email address is disloyal at jewishmuseummd.org. You can follow us on Twitter at jewishmuseummd or on Instagram at jewishmuseum underscore md. And if you're in Baltimore, come visit. Go to jewishmuseummd.org for more information and to become a member if you're interested in supporting content like this podcast. Visit offensearoundthetora.com to check out our latest art exhibit. Disloyal is a production of the Jewish Museum of Maryland, and it's produced and hosted by me, Mark Gunnery, with production assistance from Naomi Weintraub, the Jewish Museum of Maryland's community artist and residence. Our executive director is Saul Davis. You can subscribe to Disloyal wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes each Friday. Until next time, take care.